the following is a special edition of Rick Flynn Presents. Don't, 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 don't hire, don't hire, don't hire a hitman. Unfortunately, that's the cycle of abuse does. That's really what happened to, to my family. Our system is not designed to help someone until it becomes a crisis-type situation. You're listening to Rick Flynn. With a shout-out from London Town, it's Rick Flynn Presents... Now, ladies and gentlemen, your MC for the affair, Rick Flynn. Melissa, Melissa Schoenfield. How are we doing today, ma'am? Thank you for your time in coming on this show today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right. Your name looks like to the eye, Melissa. And I'll bet you they call you Melissa all the time, don't they? Yes, yes. My mother wanted to name me Melissa, and my father wants to call me Lisa, so they compromise. But uh, my nickname is Lisa, so please call me Lisa. Right. I'm going to call you Lisa, but it's M-E-L-I-S-A, Melissa, not Melissa. Yeah. So, so you Correct. were cursed with the name Melissa, even though it's not your name. Uh, When's the last time exactly. somebody called you Melissa? Yesterday? Uh, probably this morning. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's what I thought. That is what I thought. Melissa, yeah. a.k.a. Lisa. Yeah. So I know you well enough to call you Lisa, and we're going to proceed. Yeah. You were with... Okay. A, a wonderful man who has decided to throw himself into the fire and run for Senate. May God rest his soul. That's a dirty business. I'm glad I'm not in it. But that guy's name was Dr. Oz. And Dr. Oz interviewed you. I watched that interview. And I'm really going to take a crack at your life myself because I've researched it. I've studied a lot of it. And basically, if you don't mind my saying this, ma'am, you are right now, and you were five, six, however many years ago, a grandma. Is that fair? Yes. Yes. And, and a proud grandma at that. Extremely. Right. And you and your husband, both of you, were, as they say, the old saying, pillars of the community. You were a pillar of the community. Will you go along with that? Uh, yeah, I guess I could. <laughs> well, now, now, look, let's get to the bottom of this. Your husband, I know you're not married to him anymore, but first of all, how long were you married to him? It must have been a long time. 37 years. Oh, my goodness. 37 years. Yeah. And he was a yeah. dentist. You were the doctor's yeah. wife, right? Yes, yeah. yes. And, and, and in my own right, I was a psychotherapist, yeah. Right, and I'm going to get into that because, to be honest with you, I don't really know what a psychotherapist is, and I'm waiting to get on to that. But, yeah, your husband was a dentist. I'm going to presume you got good, very free, no-cost dental care. And I'm jealous right there. It cost me thousands. So, am I right? Did yes. you get free dental care? Well, I, I'm sure I paid for it in many ways, but there was no money exchanged. <laughs> right, right. It came yeah. with a cost, you're saying. 
Exactly. Yes, all it's right. worth it. Oh, my goodness gracious. Tell me how many years you're married to the dentist again. 37? 30, 37 years uh, before he came to tell me we were getting divorced. Right, right. We'll get into that. Now, you were a psycho. Therapist. I'm going to assume you're yeah. not anymore. Is that true? Uh, that is true. I had surrendered my license, and um, New York State would like me to have the continuing education that I missed for the last seven and a half years uh, in order to get my license back, and I'm not willing to do that. In other words, the continuing education, well, lawyers, they have to have continuing education. That's not unusual. In certain professions. No, no, no. Well, it's not that I did not keep up with continuing education. While my license was surrendered, they would like me to take one credit for each month that I have not practiced. Okay. So that's a whole lot of months there. Well, yeah, seven and a half years. Oh, my. So therefore, uh, it would take you literally years. It would take you years to obtain your licensure back. Is that what you're saying? Well, if I was to work on it every day, I could probably get it done within a few months. But yeah, it's um, it's not. I did not think it was fair or equitable what they were asking me to do. So I chose instead to I uh, just keep my license retired. Right, keep it retired, and you're no longer yeah. a psychotherapist now. Um, may I ask what you're doing, if anything, now at all? Or do you want to keep that aspect of your life private? If you do, I'll go ahead and, um, uh, you know, understand yeah, there's, that. There's some things I'm, I'm doing. Um, we, uh, I have moved. I've lived two and a half hours south of where I have lived for, uh, what, the last 30 years. So it's, it's all about, you know, investigating and experiencing this new area of New York. Um, I'm in central New York now. I have a 10-year-old grandson. He and his mother live with me. So it's like raising a second family, but I'm the grandmother. I'm not the mother this time. Um, and it, it's a lot of fun. It's different because you realize what's important and what isn't. You know, having had uh, two kids that I did raise, now doing my grandson, it's um, it's not all my responsibility. I get a lot of the fun with it too. Uh, we have you know some pets over here that I also take care of. Uh, there's a little bit of volunteer work I do, and I've actually been writing with my grandson. So it's uh, I don't know if it's anything we'll publish, but we'll see how it evolves. Now your grandson, this is the baby of your daughter. Yes. How old yes. is is the child <laughs> right now? Because I know years ago. Uh, he was he was a baby. I, I I didn't think he had grown up that quick. How old is that little grandson? He just turned ten two weeks ago. Oh my! Okay, is he smart? Is he intelligent? Yeah. He is uh, ten, going on fifty. Aha! <laughs> uh-huh. There we go. And his mother, your well, daughter, is that your only child? Yeah. Aha! Uh-huh. No, I also have a son. Oh, you ha- expecting you- a baby in November. Your son is older than your daughter or younger? Younger. Aha. Uh-huh. And he's yeah, married he's now. Younger. Yes. Yes, he is. He lives up in New Hampshire, and uh, their baby is due the beginning of November. Wow. Okay. And is he a newlywed, or has he been married a while? Uh, he's been married a little over three years. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. Is he a good boy, or... Does he need correction from time to time? Well, I would say he's a good boy, but I, I, I'm not sure everyone would agree with me. <laughs> ah, okay. All right. Now, your daughter, 
She is the love of your heart, and you love her as well. How about your daughter? Your daughter ever been in any trouble? Or uh, I know she had uh, a uh, a guy that she was seeing out of Florida, and I wanted to yeah. ask, where did a New York daughter hook up with a guy out of the state of Florida, if you care to tell me that. And let me guess, it wouldn't happen to be online, would it? No, no. Fortunately, it was not online. Um, She had accepted a job after graduate school working in Florida and moved there in uh, 2005, I think it was. Yeah, 2005. And she had met this uh, guy through a friend of hers. And that's... uh, Really, how she met him. He he uh, had lived in Florida since he was ten years old, so that was the opportunity she had to meet him. Okay, one of her friends, a girlfriend, said, "Hey, I've got a guy here. Yeah. I'd like you to meet this this young man." And she said, "Okay." And then, how did your daughter end up in Florida? I missed that connection. Did you have a home there? Was she visiting or what? No, no, no. She wound up getting a job in Florida and moved there right after uh, graduate school. Oh, oh, he went to graduate school. Oh, boy, now that surprises me. That surprises me. And at the time that he was dating your daughter, how old was he? Uh, Early 20s, mid 20s, what? No, my daughter was in her mid 20s and he was in his, I'm going to say, early 30s. Um, He did not go to college or graduate school. My daughter, who went to graduate school. Oh, your daughter did. Now, her former boyfriend, who we're speaking of, he did not go to graduate school. No, he didn't go to college either. Okay. And without telling me where he worked, I'm not looking for a name, but what type of business was he in? Construction. Oh, he was a construction, he was a blue collar worker. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, from start to finish, how long did that young man date your daughter? I'm going to say about a year and a half. Okay. All right. Is it fair to say they do not date anymore? Oh, that would be extremely fair to say. Oh, okay. That's a true yeah, statement. There's no, yeah, there's no relationship whatsoever. None. He doesn't even pick up the phone and call her. Or am I wrong? No, he has nothing. Oh, no, you're right, and he has nothing to do with his son either. Ah, uh, okay. All right, so the relationship is is kaput. It's, it's over with, right? Correct. All right. Lisa, you have never been in trouble at all ever before prior to what we're going to speak of today. Is that a fair statement, or had you had your scrapes before? No, I'd never been in any kind of trouble before. Never. Other than maybe, did you get pulled over for speeding or or a traffic ticket, something like that? I'm not interested in it, but did you even do that? Speeding ticket was the worst thing I think I ever got. I ever did. Therefore, you were never in trouble. I think everybody at some point in time has had a speeding ticket. But criminally, you were never, you had no arrest record at all, right? That's fair. Not correct. None. All right. So the year is uh, bum, 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 2014. All righty. We're looking yeah. at almost uh, almost 10 years ago. And yeah. your daughter turned out to be, as the old saying goes, most of the young has ne- never heard of this, but your daughter turned out to be on the family way. 
And for those that don't know what on the family way means, I bet you you do. Oh, yes, yes. Tell um, the peop- tell the youngsters he, who have never heard of what being on the family way means. What is that? She was pregnant. There you go. Yes. Ding, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Your daughter uh, turned up pregnant by her boyfriend. And this yeah. is now this is when he lived in New York prior to him going to Florida. Would that be correct? No, no. They were all in Florida at the time. Oh, oh, your daughter was down there in Florida. I, I take it living with him at the time? Um, I don't think they weren't living together yet, but um, he was working in Florida and he was living in Florida as well. And where would your daughter have been? At a hotel, at an apartment, or what? She had her own apartment living in Florida. Okay. Did she like living in Florida? She loved it. All right. And the main reason why she was down there living, even though she loved it, but she went down so that she could continue this relationship with this young man. Is that fair? No, no, no. She did not know him until she was working in Florida and uh, friends that she had met in Florida introduced her to him. Oh, okay. So when your daughter lived in New York, was she living at your home? Uh, Prior to going to Florida, she uh, was living in Syracuse, going to school. Um, She had moved back home and then several weeks later got the job in Florida. She moved to Florida. Uh, She didn't come back home until the baby was three months old. Oh, okay. And when that child was three months old, back she came, and then she was living with you or no? Yeah, correct. Okay. In fact, I believe, unless I'm mistaken, your daughter to this very day lives with you, as does your grandchild. Is that correct? Uh, Yeah, she had several years where she was living on her own with her son, but um, out of convenience, for all of us, uh, if we help each other, I uh, went up buying a house and things just worked out where she was living. Her lease was up and it just worked out well that she could help me and I could help her with childcare. So she went up moving into my house with her son uh, three years ago. Right. Now, they say to some moms that their daughter could be their BFF, their best friend forever. Is that the case between you and your daughter? Is she kind of not only your daughter, but your best friend, somebody you confide to and somebody you just really uh, can't live without? You love her so much. Um, Usually. (laughs) Oh, there are some... (laughs) There can be some emotional <laughs> issues from time to time. Of course, yes. right? And can't no, that? We are very- isn't that true in all families, though? Come on. Yes, I think so. I, mm. I, I do. I, 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 if someone can't admit it, I just don't think they're telling the truth on that one. Right. Okay. When the the dentist who you were married to and you were married for those 37 years in general. Now, there may have been an issue here, there, everywhere, but generally speaking, I got the feeling that you and the dentist, for the most part, up until the end, were relatively happy family. Would that be fair or no? Was it deteriorating over years? It was deteriorating long before she moved back home. Okay. Okay. All right. And and by that, you mean even more than the last year. It was deteriorating several years, at least, prior 
two, you ended up uh, getting a divorce together. Correct. All right. Fair enough. So you are at that time family oriented. Uh, did uh, did your your husband and you and you and your daughter, uh, for instance, did you did you go out together and go to restaurants and? do the family thing, or was your husband always busy? He had his uh, medical practice as a dentist, and it was you and your daughter by yourself, or how did all that go? No, no, we would do uh, family, you know, outings. My daughter and I would also, you know, go out together. Um, we, uh, we operated, I think, like any extended family would have. And education, was that important? Because you're married to a dentist. He's a doctor. He's a medical doctor. Your daughter went to school, I'll bet you. She was the one in graduate school. Does that mean your daughter has at least a master's degree? My daughter has two master's degrees. Oh, Lord almighty. Education was important in your family. Definitely. And who taught her that? Was it dad, mom, or both? I think we both believe in that. Um, You know, a lot of parents are thrilled that their kids graduate high school. I felt that it was our responsibility to make sure my kids had at least a four-year bachelor's degree and whatever else they wanted to do after that. That is certainly very well done. And you are just trying to get your daughter educated, which obviously you did, and then some by her agreeing to to go to college. She graduated and then stayed on and got two master's degrees. How about your son? Is he educated or did he elect not to go to college at all? Oh, going, to, not, going to college was not an option. They had to go to college. My son uh, went to college. He went to dental school, and he went to medical school. <laughs> oh, really? Is your son a doctor? Yeah. He is. My son is an oral and yes, he is. Yeah. Oral surgeon? Oral and facial mask, yes. Oh, yes. my, 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 my. I had occasion as a college-age kid to have the services of an oral surgeon when my dentist said, Hey, you've got not one, not two, but four, four wisdom teeth coming in sideways. They got to, and they're below the surface. You cannot see them with your eyes. He said, these have to come out. And sure enough, it's not a dentist who takes them out when they're below the gum line and they cannot be seen. That's an oral surgeon. And boy, did I wake up from the uh, the procedure and my jaws were swollen. Although I don't need to describe yeah. that to you. You believe every bit of that, I know. Oh, yeah. Impacted wisdom teeth that tend to hurt a lot once removed. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I'll never forget it. Uh, Lisa, I'll never forget it. He shot me with the um, whatever it is that puts you to sleep, Novocaine or uh, whatever the drug is that puts you to sleep for the surgery. You cannot be awake for it. And he shoots me. Oh, sodium pentothal. Pentothal. Yes, yes, that's it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Uh, You can tell my time as a, uh, a dentist, is rather limited in life. I try to avoid that, but I do go every six months whether I need it or not. But I will tell you that when he shot my arm with that sodium pentothal, he said, you're going to get sleepy now. 
my friend. And after the word friend, that's all I remember. The word friend. And then the next thing I remember, I'm waking up and my jaws are swollen and I'm in this chair that they use for post-surgery uh, victims, I guess you would say. And that's so that they can roll you out of the operating room and put you in the waiting or, or whatever they call that room where you wake up. And I'll tell you what, he did a very good job. I've never had any problems ever since then. But yeah, I have a special, uh, you know, he, he performed a good service. It needed to be done. You know, I don't know why certain people like myself, you know, you have wisdom teeth coming in. There are too many. Your mouth can't hold them all, and away they go. So, at any rate, that's yep. your son. You have a medical doctor's yep. son. You're married to a medical doctor for 37 years. You have a daughter with not one, but two master's degrees. And all this is possible, Lisa, because your husband and you believe in the power of higher education. It was important to you. And like you just said about your daughter or your son, it was non-negotiable. Your two children were going to get an education if it's the last thing your husband and you would ever do. And you succeeded. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All righty. Very, very well. Now, let's move forward if we can. Here is the grandma, the proud grandma of these two wonderful children that have grown up and have done well in their life. And your um, your husband and you are, are there married for all those years. And then uh, a problem happened in your life in regard to the young man that was married to, or excuse me, he was never married. You're the young yeah. man that was the boyfriend of your daughter. She became pregnant, yeah. and the pregnancy occurred when she was in Florida. Did she elect to come home to New York to have the baby, or did she have it in Florida, or what happened in regard to the birth of that child? She had the baby in Florida. Um, she had to have a, a, a cesarean section, and um, fortunately, I had gotten there that afternoon when she went into labor. Uh, my brother had been in Florida visiting, which was a godsend, because um, my daughter's boyfriend would not bring her to the hospital. My brother had to drive her. Okay. Uh, okay, now say that again. Your your brother had to drive her. Why? To the hospital because her boyfriend refused to bring her to the hospital. Okay, let me stop right there. He is the father of the child. Your daughter, I'm assuming, yeah. had signs of entering, going into labor. Is that right? Yeah. And she said, yeah. it's time for me to go. Don't most uh, pregnant women keep a packed suitcase already packed at home so that when those signs occur, they grab the suitcase, they get in the car, and they go. Um, that, that's 
the thing to do, yes. Right. You had two children. Is that what you did? Um, yes and no. Uh, my daughter was five and a half weeks early, so I was ambushed there. My uh, son was a scheduled cesarean, so I, I knew when I was going in, so I didn't have to wait to go into labor. But my daughter uh, went into labor, and he just wasn't going to do it. He didn't want, he did not want any part of this. So your daughter, she's going into labor. She said, it's time mm-hmm. for me to go. I I have to go to the hospital. Why in in the world? Why would the boyfriend say, I'm not taking you to the hospital? Were they having a fight at that time? Or or did he, uh, is he, uh, I don't understand. Why would he be foolish enough, if I could use the word, to say no? Uh, I mean, that's abusive when he refuses to take a woman in labor who is his baby's mother to the hospital so she cannot have the child. I I don't understand why that came on. Were, were they fighting at the time? I believe you summed it up with one word. It's abusive. Right. It's abusive. And would you consider that this man, did you say he was in his 30s? Yes. And would you characterize yes. his, um, would you characterize him as perhaps Im- immature for his age? Um, immature, um, abusive, controlling. He has three other children that are older, so it's not like he hasn't been through this before. He knew better, but chose to, um, to control a situation through neglect and, and abuse. Now, didn't I hear you say that there had been allegations made by a prior woman in his life that he was also abusive to that woman? Yes, the mother of his other three children. Okay. Have you personally spoken to her at any time at all? Yes. We uh, we actually, we still speak regularly. Um, My grandson considers her one of his aunts, Um, even though there's really no relationship. They're that close. And my daughter speaks to her quite often as well. So it's, it's a close unit. Okay, so there's no doubt about the fact. The prior woman with whom he has had three children, your daughter's child, that would make his fourth. Has he subsequently gone on to have any more or no? Uh, To our knowledge, no, but we can't be sure of that. Right, We are not in touch with him. I I got it. I got it. How about the child, your grandson, your daughter's son? Does he speak of daddy often, or is he apprised of the fact that, no, he does not? Is he apprised of the fact that there was a problem there? My daughter had told him that um, his father loved him, but he's a very unsafe person to be around. He's accepted that. He understands that. Okay, now let me back up just a hair. You were a psychotherapist at this time. What does a psychotherapist do? Well, uh, people who have uh, behavior issues, or some mental health issues, or even just some life things they need straightened out, um, I would help them get through whatever the issue was. I dealt with a lot of people who had depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, um, marital discord. So I would deal with all of those issues. So you were the calm, cool, collected, demeanored woman who was going to take somebody with mental distractions, if I could use a word, a non-medical term, or or mental problems even, 
and, and bring them down to earth and say, sir or ma'am, this is the way you ought to handle this situation and bring them down to earth, talk to them in a straightforward manner and help get their issues straightened out. Is that correct? Um, well, I actually start where they're at and try to find out where they want to go. Some people actually would come into my office and not want to get better, but would want to have the illusion of seeing somebody that it makes it look like they want to get better. Um, I had, uh, you know, other people who really wanted to change, but didn't know how to facilitate that change. So I would give them the tool. And they did the work. I didn't tell them where they needed to be. They would uh, tell me where they wanted to go, and I just helped them get there. Okay. And once again, now, you're not a medical doctor. You, you were not able to write scripts. And you, when you, they came to your office, was it a publicly funded, like, county or city-sponsored office? Or did you hang your own shingle out? Or you were with a private organization? Or what type of uh, business was it in general? Was it government? No. I hung my own shingle. I was private practice. Oh, okay. Now, were any of your clients that you would advise, for example, registered or, um, how, do, how do I say it, transferred to you or recommended by the court system? Um, on occasion, I would have that. Oh, okay. So, yes, you were the clear-headed one who was going to help those that had a, a, um, a problem where you can use your experience and, and help them out, which is exactly what you did. Your clients were male, female. Were they any age group or were they all ages? I would not see young children. Um, I didn't want, uh, I did not want to see anyone under the age of 14. So 14 and older is what I saw. And then it would be, you know, male, female, whatever the issue. Um, and I did have a psychiatrist that I would refer patients to if they, if I felt that medication may have been indicated or even for a second look, you know, what, what I'm seeing, do you see the same thing? So I, I really wasn't out there all by myself, but um, I was more than capable of handling things. Okay. And let me back up one other question, then we're going to move forward. How did you meet the dentist, your former husband? Was it because of your job? Was uh, Yeah, how did that happen? No. Did you go to college with him, or how did that meeting occur? I had gone to sleepaway camp as a teenager, and a close friend of mine was in dental school. And she and I had both broken up with guys on the same weekend, and we decided that we would go on an ice cream binge because the school was in New York City where she was attending. And that's where I met my husband. He um, he was out with friends eating ice cream at the same place we were. So I met him that way. All right. So your daughter eventually left Florida to come home. Was that yes. immediately following the birth of the child or did she stay down there a while after she gave birth? Uh, she gave birth in August of 2012. In Halloween of 2012, she called very upset, asking if she could move home with her baby and her two dogs. And of course, we said yes. So it had to be carefully planned. My uh, husband at the time wound up flying down to Florida over Thanksgiving weekend when we knew the baby's father would be out of town. Actually, he'd be out of state and uh, got them packed up and blown back home. So basically, she was there 
two months after the birth of the child and the relationship with the father of the child had deteriorated to the point where she had to come home. She asked mom, can I come home? And mom said, sure. And dad went down there and made sure she left and he went and picked her up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was, uh, she was, she became very frightened of uh, the baby's father. Okay. Now, when she came home, did it instantly help her psyche, if you will? Or was she still, did you need to, as a psychotherapist, even help your own daughter out? She was depressed or no? Um, I did, went into mom mode, not psychotherapist mode. And my daughter was, um, he broke her. She was, uh, she came home frightened scared. Um, she lost who she was being with this, this man and her concern was taking care of this baby and not herself. So I felt my job was to take care of my daughter and to help her out with this baby. And day by day by day, situations occurred which were not to not only your liking, they were not to your ex-husband's liking, and I'm sure they weren't to your daughter's liking, in the respect that I would imagine primarily you were receiving phone calls from the grandchild's father. He would call up there, and what would happen? He would call and text endlessly uh, to my daughter. When she would go to the police and say, look, he's harassing me, they would say, change your phone number. Because he doesn't stop on social media. They told her, change your social media. He's emailing. He won't stop. And the harassment was ridiculous. And things he was asking her to do were disgusting. And they said, well, then change your email address. So the onus of change was on her and not on him. They would, the police would call him and say, knock it off. And he'd say, you know, yes, officer, yes, officer. Oh, I, I'm not going to do that again. And he didn't. He'd do something different. Or he'd borrow someone else's phone to call her so it's a different phone number. Um, it just became totally out of hand. It was ridiculous at some point. I did call him once and beg him, leave her alone. And he laughed at me. And he told me he was going to do what he wanted to do. Now, was there ever after the birth of the child, post-birth, was there ever discussions mm -hmm. between that that young man and your daughter of, we're going to get married, we're going to get back together, uh, I'm going to come back to Florida, or you're going to come up to New York and live? Was there any talk, or the minute she left Florida, it was a given that that relationship was, was over? How was that working out between those two? Well, on Thanksgiving weekend, when she moved back home, um, my husband was the one who called him to say, you know, I, I brought uh, my daughter and, and my grandson back home. They're not coming back down there. And he called my husband a lot of names. And um, it, it was really, it was very rude. It was very disrespectful. And then um, he, he had called my daughter several weeks after she'd been home to say he was going to marry her. He was going to buy her rings and they, they were going to get married. And uh, fortunately, um, enough time had passed that she was able to say no to him. And um, I think after a while, he just dropped the notion of, you know, that, that whole idea that 
there is going to be no marriage here. I'm not getting back with you. Um, you know, and he accused her of a lot of other things of being with, with other, other men and the things she was doing with them. And, you know, honestly, all she was doing was taking care of her baby. So it, it was the point of, of ridiculousness. When my grandson was five days old, he had just, uh, he was home from the hospital and I was in the house. And the, uh, his half-brothers, who were twins, had the TV on really loud. They were playing some game. And the baby's crying because he's hungry. And, you know, it's loud. And he put his fist to the baby's stomach and said, quit crying or I'll punch it in the belly. And I was in this position where I knew if I said something to him, he'd take it out on me or worse, that baby or my daughter. And I knew if I said something to my daughter, she would say nothing to him because she was scared to death for him and what he'd do. So no matter what, I'm coming across as the bad guy. So I said nothing. And when I flew back home uh, later that day, I remember thinking I'll never keep my mouth shut again, that I'm not, I'm not going to tolerate this. And I think that was the beginning of everything starting to fester inside of me. Now, he took a clenched fist to the baby yes. and said, if you don't stop yes. crying... I'm going to punch you in the stomach. Yeah. How old was the child at the time he stated that? Five days old. Five days old. So the child yeah. could not even understand English, what, what the man was saying. Exactly. Oh, my, oh, my. Okay. And he did this in yeah. Florida, and you were there. You actually were down in Florida, what, to help care for your daughter? And, and, and was your husband right. with you at the time? No, he didn't come down until the baby was two months, uh, two weeks old. So, so you I were down there, and, and you back. witnessed that? Yes. Were you living in a hotel at the time when you were visiting, or were you and your daughter together in her apartment, or or what was happening as far as your accommodations? I stayed in the same townhouse that they were living in. Okay. Now, other than that incident, how were emotions going in that townhouse? Did they live together, her and him both? Yes. At, at that the time, time, they were. And okay. Was it, yeah. uh, was, was it volatile? Yes. And it was, it was prone to, to blow up at any time. You saw more than one incident. Yes, I did. Uh, another incident, for example, what did you witness? Um, something as simple as laundry. That here it is, my daughter had a C-section, and he's bent out of shape, but his laundry is not done. And I wound up doing the laundry, and it was like, oh, oh, okay. But he was angry that she didn't do it. Uh, he wanted her to walk up and down the stairs um, instead. And this is ridiculous, actually. Something as simple as a diaper genie, you know, where you put dirty diapers in. He would not allow her to use the diaper genie. He wanted her walking up and down the stairs to get rid of the diaper every time she changed the baby. Now, a newborn baby goes through 10 or more diapers a day. She didn't need to be doing the steps like that after a C-section, but he didn't care. He didn't stay with her afterwards. He did nothing to help her afterwards. He went right back to work. So. I did what I could to try to help her before I left to go back home. But it was um, constant. There was nothing. There was no peace in that house. There was always that 
that tension of what's going to set them off next. Okay, so there you were in Florida. It's a volatile situation. You're walking on eggshells. Your daughter is slowly, hour by hour, maybe minute by minute, she's not happy. And did your daughter come to you and say, Mom, I've got to get the hell out of here. Let's get back to New York. Uh, Or is the first time you knew she had had it and wanted to come home when you received the telephone call? And she said, may I come home? Uh, Well, when I was down there the second time, I actually asked her if she wanted to come home with me for a week. And she cried and said yes. And I, I brought her and my grandson home. And, um... It was a rough week because something as simple as bathing the baby, she would cry because she had no help whatsoever when she was home. And here it is, you know, I'm helping her, her father's helping her. And, and it, it, that's what was normal that, you know, you have a newborn baby. This is what you do. And he wouldn't allow anybody to help her, let alone he himself helping her. Um, when I was down there, I would cook food for her so she didn't have to worry about that. And I was freezing it. And the boys who were twins um, are eating the food faster than I can cook it. And it's like, this, this food isn't for you guys. It's for, for you know, my, my daughter. And, and they looked at me and said, but we're hungry. Our father doesn't let us eat. And I went, what do you mean your father doesn't let you eat? Because, well, he wants us to be in a lower weight class for when we, we uh, do our, I think there were boxes. Or, or wrestling, I don't remember which it was, and he would not feed them. So seeing all this, again, just adds in. Like, it's not one single incident. It's things start piling on top of each other. And if this was not a place you wanted to be. It was not happy. The tension, you could just feel it in the air. The kids were not happy kids being with them. My daughter did her best to try to, um, uh, you know, help them, but she wasn't fully aware of the situation either. He led her to believe that the, the kid's mother, she was the problem. And honestly, no, the, the other mom was not the problem at all. Your daughter attempted to diffuse that situation and others, I, I'm going to assume, that would occur but she was unsuccessful in any manner. He would state, well, that's the mother's fault. Exactly. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. All right. Well, finally, you got a chance. You brought your daughter home under the guise it's going to be a week's vacation, right? Right. No, no, no. I flew with her and the baby home. All right. And that week, the week that she came home, was she starting to be happier already? Could you tell? Um, She was more rested. It was a little bit easier, but uh, by no means was, um, it wasn't happy. She knew she was going back down and she'd have to be with him. So the, the, the tension was building as we got closer to her having to, you know, go back to the airport and fly home. Okay. Was there ever a time when you had her at home during that vacation visit where she said, oh, mom, I miss so-and-so, the the father of the child? Did she ever say that? Never. Never. Not, not even once? No. So it was, the relationship had started to seriously deteriorate even before you brought her home for that vacation. Yes. 
All right. So it you flew her back. You flew her back to when did it deteriorate? When she was about five months pregnant. Oh, okay. That's when it really got bad. Okay. Yeah. It, all right. And then when the baby came, it was it just got worse from there. Yeah. You flew her back, and she went back. Two months later, you had her back home. She had had enough. And it was after you had her back home that things went from the frying pan into the fire. Is that fair to say? Yes, it is. All right. Very well. Lisa, what I'm going to tell everybody is that we are doing a two-part show here today. We had not initially started out to do this. We were going to do the standard one-hour show just like every other guest does. And the more we got into this, I ask your permission. Could we make this a two-series show? Show A, number one of two, and show B, number two of two, and you were kind enough to say, yes, we can do that. But the reason I'm interrupting it right now is because one of the reasons that we are here today is because you wrote a book, and the name of that book, ma'am, is called Bitter or Better, the Melissa Schoenfield story by the inmate formerly known as 15G0717. We're going to get into that on the next show. But before we get into any of that, will you tell the listening audience worldwide, ma'am, how do they obtain this book? I believe it's available anywhere. But you tell them if you wanted to tell somebody how to get it quickly, what would you advise them to do? Go to Amazon or Kindle. You can go off to the publisher, which is Doran's Publishing. Barnes & Nobles, you can actually order the book uh, right there or online. And it's also available at, at other uh, local bookstores. Right. So it's available on Amazon. It's available at Barnes yes. & Noble. And it's available right. at for Kindle. Yeah. Very well. And is published yes. by Doran's Publishing Company. The book, once again, ladies and gentlemen, is Bitter or Better, the Melissa Schoenfield story. That is the name of the book. This is the story of a grandma who was a successful psychotherapist, the pillar of the community, the medical doctor's wife, never had a day of trouble in her life other than a speeding ticket, which we've all gotten in our lifetime. That does not make you a criminal, but it got worse and worse and worse. And finally, you reached the end of your rope, so to speak, if I could use that term, and it did not yeah. turn out the way that, um, well, didn't turn out as anybody in the world would have ever thought it would turn out. We're going to get into that on our next show. But before we say goodbye for this episode, Lisa, what off the top of your head, knowing what you learn now, and you know what they say, when you're a Monday morning quarterback, you're always going to win the game. All right. You have, you're not going to lose if you quarterback on Monday morning when the game was Sunday. All right. Now, Monday morning quarterback, what a woman goes through in an abusive relationship and tell the listener out there what you advise the girls, the women to do. And by the way, there are some men out there, Lisa, that are 
also in reverse. They could be the abused party by a woman that's not all there together. What do you advise somebody in your similar situation to do? Well, to begin with, don't hire a hitman. I did the wrong thing for the right reason. I became very protective of my family. I wasn't getting the help I needed from the authorities. No one really took this as seriously as it was. In hindsight, I'd, I should have gotten my daughter out of the area where the baby's father had no idea where she was. That's what we should have done. But we didn't think to do that at the time. I had friends in, in Canada who I probably just should have sent her up there, even realizing that she wouldn't have been able to come back for a while. But it would have kept her safe. Obviously, it would have kept me safe, too. There are resources out there, but they're not always easily accessible. Yes, there's victim's assistance. Yes, there's you know places that will take you out of an area. But sometimes you need to have money to do that. Sometimes they will help you with that. And it's really changing your whole life. So the best thing I can say is when there's a red flag in a relationship, that's when you need to leave. It's not going to get better. Once you see that red flag, go before it turns into something that you're not going to be able to get away from, that it's going to be uh, even more complicated the longer you wait. Our system is not designed to help someone until it becomes a crisis-type situation. It should be easier than that to get out of a relationship. A lot of people don't realize when you're in an abusive situation, they, they don't understand why you don't just leave. You don't realize the emotional connections and the feelings of self-doubt and uh, the lost self-worth and of confidence. And unfortunately, that's the cycle of abuse does. That's really what happened to, to my family. We just went into that spiraling down hole till we couldn't see any options because we weren't talking to anybody about what was going on anymore. So we did the unthinkable. Exactly. And we're going to speak about that on the next episode. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Lisa Schoenfield. Her name is actually Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-A, Schoenfield. And she has been our guest for the last hour. And she has written the book, Bitter or Better, that we have told you where to find. It's available anywhere that books are sold. Thank you, Lisa, for coming on. We're going to say goodbye for now, everyone. We're going to have a very interesting show next week on this series as we continue the wrap-up for this show featuring our guest today, Lisa Schoenfield. Thank you for tuning us in, everyone. This is Rick Flynn speaking. It's been fun, but I've got to run. On behalf of myself and Ms. Schoenfield, we'll see you next week with the continuation of Melissa's life and what was to happen next. You don't want to miss it. We'll see you next week, everyone. Thank you for being with us. Good night. The preceding was a Rick Flynn production. This is your announcer, Chantal Marie speaking.